Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info, with all the up-to-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From Week One all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contest available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code, BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer podcast. As always, appreciate you being with us. This is episode 36 on season five. And we're going to be talking about the XFL and USL, USFL merger uh, that um, reached the news today, uh, at least the potential of it. It's not official yet, but uh, according to the owner of the league, um, Dwayne uh, The Rock Johnson, he um, has uh, come out and made some comments about the fact that he's in the, the late stages of negotiating a deal to combine these two leagues. So this is pretty significant, and uh, the reason that it's significant is that it's the first time, at least in my mind, and you know I may be wrong on this, but at least in my mind or recent memory, where you had two upstart competing leagues um, deciding to combine. So normally throughout history, when you're talking about, let's say, Major League Baseball or NHL or uh, the NFL or you know, um, uh, you know, really any of the big major sports leagues. I mean, if you look back at Major League Baseball, you had the senior circuit, which was um, obviously the National League, and you had teams, you know, Cincinnati Reds being around since, you know, the, the late 1800s. And then you had the, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Dodgers, which were at one point the bridegrooms and some other, uh, some other names, the trolley Dodgers. And that's how they got their name because they, the fans would have to dodge the trolleys as they came through the city. But so much history there, but ultimately had you usually had like an up like a startup league that would be like the first to market. So in baseball, this was the senior circuit and then uh, or the national league. And then in around nine, uh, I said late 1800s, early 1900s, um, you know, basically had this American league come along and say, we want to challenge that. And the next thing you know, they combined into the you know, major league baseball. Uh, the NFL was the same way. You had sort of the American Football League that started. You had the National Football League that started. I think it was the National Football League that came first. And then next thing you know, they decide to combine forces, right? And if you go back to Major League Baseball, looking at the 1960s, you had an opportunity where the Continental League was started through Branch Rickey. And um, even though that league did not survive, some of the teams from that league 
ended up joining Major League Baseball. Uh, Minnesota Twins, um, Anaheim Angels, um, I think it was the uh, Houston Colt 45s, which eventually became Houston Astros. And I think there was one other team, um, but that was sort of the history, right? NHL, same thing. You had, I think it was the American Hockey League, then you had a National Hockey League, and then you end up combining forces or combining leagues. And I will say that in recent news, Pickleball decided to combine those two existing leagues, but those are both startup leagues. So in my mind, there's really never been a situation where you had an existing power player, in this case, the NFL, and then you had two startup leagues trying to challenge them and like quote unquote challenge them. We'll get into that. Um, but uh, ultimately for those two groups to combine, um, it often makes you wonder what would have happened had the XFL and USFL combined um, in the past, because this is the, I think, third iteration of the XFL. And when I say the third iteration, what I'm talking about was when it first started by Vince McMahon, I think back in the 90s, um, or it may have been early 2000s, sorry. Um, in a, the league didn't survive, right? And then the USFL, I think, was late 80s, um, um, or possibly like probably the mid 80s, I think. And then ultimately, uh, the league folded. And then USFL came back, and then uh, in its sort of current iteration, the XFL then had another return, and then COVID hit, and then of course McMahon sold the league, and then um, you know of course now you have this new sort of iteration of it with uh, with Joanne Johnson. So you have these two leagues deciding to combine, right? And the way that the XFL and USFL, and of course XFL doesn't doesn't begin play, uh, I believe it until. Um, uh, it was supposed to be, I think, later this year, but it looks like they're going to combine play and start in uh, 2024. But the idea was that the USFL would play, I think it was starting in April or March, and then the XFL was going to be, I think, in January or February, probably, probably February, so after the Super Bowl. And so when I say compete, they weren't really competing because these leagues were essentially offering a different product uh, during a different time in the season. And I think the thought process was, well, they're not really competing because it's a different time of the season. Uh, in some sense, it's a little short-sighted because ultimately fans have a capacity, right? Meaning that in baseball, you know, the season lasts essentially, you know, let's say six to seven months in the year, right? So you're going from, uh, in terms of, um, you know, regular season games, but let's say you start with spring training in, you know, late February, you get into March and then, uh, you, the season basically runs from the last sort of week or weekend in March and then goes into essentially, um, October 1st. And then you obviously have the playoffs, right? Well, if you look at football essentially runs from, let's say the end of August, beginning of September, uh, and then all the way through essentially, um, you know, uh, the, the first week of February. So these leagues were going to sort of occur after that. But of course, there's an appetite for this, meaning that uh, there may be a big appetite. There may be a smaller appetite. But I'm just not sure that from a marketing standpoint, um, there's going to be a big sort of interest or push for additional football, even though people say that. You know, they love football all year round and all that. The reality of it is, is that you get 
and especially now with the extended, um, you know, games, you're gonna have an extra game per year now. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of football going on, right? And so, in some sense, it's what was one of the reasons why the XFL and the USFL did not survive in the past was that um, even though they were trying not to compete, or or whether they were trying to compete or not, whether they were open about that in public, the reality of it is is that they struggled to compete um, because you know ultimately you have to get the fans dollars, right? That's sort of this whole idea of you have to build a product, you have to sell it uh, and the fans have to want it and the fans have to invest in it. And, and if they don't, then of course um, it's really not going to be a successful venture. But uh, the fact that these two leagues are, um, you know, combining again is something that um, I've never seen before. And um, it, it's different from, let's say, an investment. So you, we're hearing a lot about um, dollars coming in from Saudi Arabia, whether it be investing in the PGA Tour uh, Live Golf merger, or whether you're talking about investing in um, international soccer. Uh, but that's more of an investment. And then, of course, in the PGA Tour Live Golf merger, you're talking about an established league joining with a non-established league. Whereas the XFL and USL, USFL are both leagues that are startup. Um, but I think it's a pretty savvy business move because I think that the two of them combining um, could ensure their survival. Uh, and I think the next step to this, I think, yes, maybe they could survive on their own. You know, we'll sort of see how that plays out. But in my mind, I think the next step to this is that the, NF the NFL gets involved. And I could see the NFL essentially utilizing this combined league as a minor league or development league, much like the NBA has done. Now, whether that happens is another story, but I think this is an opportunity for the NFL uh, for a few different reasons, which we'll get into. Now, look, I think on one standpoint, the XFL and USFL uh, might fight the notion of being or becoming a minor league or a developmental league. Um but I, I think it'd be short-sighted to ignore this uh, this point in that uh, there's a ton of opportunity, uh, not only in the existing merger, but also in some sort of deal with the NFL. Because what's been missing from a lot of these sort of startup football leagues is the fact that they're not official they're not officially affiliated with the NFL. The NFL is all powerful, really, when it comes to football um, in terms of um, how the league runs, right? And of course, most established professional leagues are like that. Even baseball has a, you know, an antitrust exemption, uh, and most leagues have some sort of exemption from antitrust. And so, uh, whether that be through court case or through law or what have you, but um, in, in many ways, because they're so powerful, but also because um, the way that sort of the court system sort of views them as this um, different entity, whether it. it probably would be chaos if there was more than one NFL uh, or more than one major league baseball. And maybe that's short-sighted to think that way, but I think that most Americans pretty much accept that, um, you know, that they're sort of these established leagues and they look to it and that sort of thing. But back to the point at hand, I think there's something to be said about the XFL and the USFL combining. I think it's a savvy business move, but I think that the next step to this is the NFL looking at a potential endorsement of this league working on contracts together. Um, it potentially may also relieve pressure from NCAA athletes 
uh, NCAA athletes from looking at becoming professional athletes uh, and doing so without having to go to college. You know, one of the big complaints has always been, well, to get in the NFL, you pretty much have to do three years of college before you can declare for the draft. You have to be, you know, you have to at least reach your, um, uh, your junior year, right? Finish your junior year. So I think that um, this could provide additional opportunity and competition there. Now, that being said, college is different now in that, that you do have NIL opportunities for name, image, and likeness. So there's an ability for athletes to get paid. Um, but it's also something that, again, I think competition is a good thing. So if you, you know, if you're, if you're a high school athlete and you have an option to either go play, you know, college or go play um, in a sort of developmental league, um, you know, you're probably going to choose the one that's going to pay you more, right? The one that's going to give you more opportunity. There's clearly going to be some folks who want to get an education, which I think is great. But I might be in the minority, you know, in 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 that sense of, uh, but I but I think that, um, you know, I think competition is an important piece to this. I think the competition between um, either getting paid in a professional league or getting paid in a uh, sort of college football league, uh, you know, now I think in the beginning, of course, the big bet is going to be on the college uh, sort of ranks with NIL until the uh, XFL and USFL can build a ton of talent and build some new opportunities. They're probably going to have a new name that they're going to come up with because they're not going to call it the XFL, USFL league, but come up with something else, I'm sure. Um, and if they had full NFL backing as a developmental league and they helped them work on some sort of considerable streaming television broadcast contract, I think the competition would at least result in some improved choice, which I think is important. I think the choice alone is important. Uh, and I think in any sort of product or process or result would be improved by um, having some competition. So, you know, again, I think the opportunity is here for the USFL and XFL to really develop something um, and really put something together. And whether they stand alone uh, as an independent league or if they look you know, to maybe joining forces, but um, there's clearly a sort of push for mergers in sports. You you know, last week we talked about the UFC and WWE joining forces under uh, this sort of new T TKO banner and some of the opportunities that are going to come from that. I don't know if you know, obviously mentioned pickleball. Uh, now we have this XFL, USFL league. Um, there's clearly some, some movement going on there. And of course, private investment continues to push its way into sports franchises and Sports franchises have become so expensive now that there's very few people in the world who can buy a team outright uh, and, and also build a new stadium and do all these other things that's required, um, not to mention you know paying player salaries and what have you. And so now what you have is you have groups of people and groups of companies and partners um, you know, looking towards investing in sports because they're becoming uh, more and more expensive, which is obviously great for the leagues and it's great for um, you know, great for uh, the players because they get paid more. Um, it could be tough on the fans as things could continue to get more expensive, although uh, with much applause to, I think, some of the Atlanta franchises, they've done a great job of um, keeping some of the costs down and having sort of a lower level, um, you know, cost items, you know, at least in the stadium. So, but again, I and I think another sort of aspect of this beyond groups and partners buying teams is 
sort of startup investment, right? Um, this is true with the pickleball. This is true with, um, you know, this sort of UFC and WWE joining forces um, and not in terms of joining talent, but so it's a little bit different of a merger uh, than let's say XFL, USFL, which I assume would come under one roof with one name and they would, you know, have the same players, right? But again, I think this is something to think about. Now, one of the big concerns has always been that, well, the talent in the NFL, regardless of, of the level of talent, is just so much quicker and faster and stronger. And uh, and there's some truth to that and the data backs that up. But I think one of the uh, one of the thoughts there is, okay, well, maybe it, it sort of, you're having players, um, you know, either there's different levels uh, to the USFL, XFL league, um, which may be a high task, but and I think at least at least gives folks an opportunity who are more developed to play in this sort of developmental league. Um, but also you still have the college option, right? Uh, but I think, again, these options are good things. So, and of course, um, they the NFL could set it up to where they could draft out of out of sort of the XFL, USFL, or they could have where the NFL sort of owns franchises and development teams. But it's just something to think about. Um, but uh, that being said, I, I think it's just an interesting scenario with these two leagues coming together uh, and sort of seeing, um, you know, how this might play out. But you do have a lot of investment going on. And clearly this would be an opportunity because these leagues are startups um, where maybe the investment would be, let's say, less dollars than it would be if you're investing in an NFL team, right? So we'll sort of see how how this plays out. Um, now, of course, anytime you're dealing with sort of upstart leagues, um, you know, I, I think that uh, it, it could provide some opportunities to share some talent. Um, and of course, if you had the NFL's backing to an XFL, USFL league, again, combined under a new title, you're going to have the NFL at your back in terms of uh, negotiating a good television deal. You're going to have terrific talent on the field. And um, and, and clearly you're going to have uh, some uh, sustained success, right? And, and I think that, um, you know, many of those points are, are, are I, I think, are, are really important. And of course, if you're looking at um, the XFL and USFL players, um, there's, these are going to have to be separate players uh, from NFL players because NFL players are forbidden from playing in other professional leagues um, uh, under the contracts that they have with the teams. They can't go out and play. Uh, there's even some, some contracts that restrict some of the physical activity that some of these players do. As you often hear in the offseason where a guy gets injured on something, you know, playing some sport or doing something else. And obviously you can't control all of that and, you know, these folks have to live their lives. You know, you can't restrict somebody to not doing something. And clearly, um, exercise and uh, working out and doing different um, sport sporting activities. When it comes to, let's say, if you have a football player who loves to play basketball, or a baseball player who loves to play basketball, or something like that, clearly you're going to want to encourage some of that because it it helps with development. It helps with you know staying active and healthy and all that. But that being said, my point being is that the XFL and USFL cannot use the same players as the NFL. But if there was some sort of combination there and the NFL treated this new league as a minor league uh, and essentially bought them out and had them develop truthfully, not just as a buyout, but truthfully develop this into something special, 
uh, there could be um, a great way to sort of develop players and bring them through the system. We'll sort of see how that plays out. But I think at the end of the day, and the final point that I want to make is that there was an article that I wrote a while back, and I based it on an interview that I did with another attorney. And this attorney had much involvement with front office sort of executive uh, sports stuff. And he had this great line where he said, you know, any successful team in sports has a great venue, a great lease, a great market, and great personnel. And I think those to me are really the four tenets of um, a successful franchise. And, and and I agree. I think, you know, if you have a great venue, uh, statistics will show that uh, generally um, you're not going to find a team who has a terrible venue that's going to be winning championships. Um, and if you're leasing a venue, same thing, because you're putting so much money out uh, and it's and it's be like saying uh, not having a great home to live in. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the sort of the better situation you have in terms of the roof over your head or the stadium you have around you, generally the better you're going to play, um, at, at least in the long run. Right. And of course, if you have a great market, you're in a big city, you're going to bring more dollars in bigger fan base, you know, all these things together, more television, more advertising. And of course, personnel is everything, right. You know, the right personnel on the field and the front office, everything. And I think if you had the NFL's backing to a league like this, you'd have unlimited resources, really, because you'd have the NFL helping out with TV negotiations. You'd get these venues. Most of the teams for the XFL and USFL are in existing cities where there's already a team, which, of course, um, is very difficult to succeed in because you have an existing fan base that's already going after an NFL team. So if you had like a minor league team connected to this, you could get be no no different than an NHL hockey you know minor league team or a major league baseball minor league team, and you have them in the same city or in a nearby city. Um, but of course, they could also use these venues in the off season. Now, the NFL could also be pretty smart here, particularly the teams, and they could rent out those venues and make money there too. But um, they might be better off just um, buying the league and having those teams play in their stadiums and then selling tickets to that. So we'll see how this plays out. Uh, but again, I think if you're talking about the USFL XFL merger, great idea in my mind, uh, you get these two startup leagues who are looking to survive and thrive. And then the two leagues together, I think provides an opportunity for that. I think the next step to this though, is the NFL getting involved and in backing this league and making it an established minor league or development league, much like the NBA does with the G League. But that's just my two cents, and um, hope that uh, you've enjoyed uh, this week's show. Uh, again, my name is Jeremy Evans, the host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. We talk about entertainment, media, and sports topics. Thank you for making us the number one sports law podcast show in the world for three years running. This show has been brought to you by, by uh, Bet Online, and look forward to being back with you very soon. Thank you so much. Oh,